and welcome to Daft Souls, episode number, I think it's 11. Um, we've been out of the loop, obviously we didn't have an episode last week because everyone had jetted off to E3, but this time apparently not everyone's in E3 and all the best people are right here. And those best people are... Steve Hogarty. Hello, I wasn't at E3 last week, but you didn't invite me along, but that's sure. okay. I forgive you. Well, there wasn't a podcast, on. so I didn't invite you because I'm sure. I did. Don't do this to me, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> this is just this very is embarrassing. You're embarrassing <laughs> well, me. I put you on the spot, and you're embarrassing Brendan Caldwell. Uh, yeah, I'm here as well. I wasn't at E3 because uh, I I'm allergic to Californians, and I can't I can't go there because there's too many there. Uh, my name's Quentin Smith, and if I'm I am also allergic to hype, and if I'm exposed to hype, I swell up like uh, the hype. woman from. Charlie and I swell up like hype, like, like a hype balloon. Wow, exactly. Uh, and I float off into the sky, never to be seen. I can't again. wait for the hype balloon to come out. <laughs> Neither can I. It's going to be better than the last one. I want to oh, see yeah. where your Charlie's Angels met. Oh, I was going to say Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Because the, <laughs> the girl who grows to the size of a berry and is rolled away yes. to be destroyed. Yeah, that's horrible. It is. It, it was really grim that film. I thought I liked it, but it was very, very what dark. Genre would a Charlie and the Chocolate Factory game be? It'd be a, it'd, it'd be, be a, a puzzle game. With it would be one of those find the object. In the room, it would. Game, would. Like like the crimson yeah. room, kind of game. Yeah, but, but let's not ask what it would be. What it should be, you know. It would be like, like a Sierra pointing at adventure where things you can actually point, click on something, like click on a squirrel to be too greedy. It's then, a point click game where you can't click on anything or you lose. <laughs> yeah, because you can die in the Sierra ones, can't you? Yeah, I guess. I would prefer if nothing was ever like those games ever again. But, but that's, that is just me. I also, think... it wouldn't work as a kind of like point and click adventure game because that, a lot of that is involves going back and forth between rooms. You know what it should be? And they're be. quite strict about the tour and that, I think, because of, because of the number of children that die. <laughs> I think right. E3 would be a platformer, but you get to the first jump and it's just an endless pit that you cannot cross. <laughs> And that's it. That's all that E3 is. Yeah. Oh, okay. We're talking about. We, we were talking about Charlie the Chocolate Factory. Oh, I'm sorry. What would Charlie and Chocolate? Yeah. I would, I think it'd be like a Kairosoft game, where you could make rooms and they would make chocolate, and then you'd watch numbers go up, and then you'd abruptly be told that. I think actually yeah, the closest we've good. ever had to a uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory game is probably Cookie Clicker, in the yes. fact that that's a game which is uh, just about making lots of chocolate, but then quickly becomes. A bit sinister and potentially incredibly, incredibly dark. That mm. game really fucked me up. Um, <laughs> yes. And I, I wonder if, I do wonder if that was the intention of Cookie Clicker in that they knew that by the point at which you realised that, that what you were doing had any story, like any meaningful story or any it, meaningful context. That first came across as a satirising like capitalism, which is quite a, a basic theme that they yeah. carried through to completion but then it got really dark and strange and when you had grannies cooking you cookies but to make the grannies more productive you had to start pulling in grannies from other dimensions yes but they weren't quite right yes <laughs> yes like the grannies like would and then it became this weird thing I mean basically it's just, this is I feel dumb to say this but this is cookie clicker spoilers <laughs> <laughs> it really actually is I'm sorry but no 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 but no but you know, just just to warn people, but basically, it kind of has this amazing overarching plot in the fact that yeah, you you end up the grannies are the first thing you can build because the idea is you can click on the cookie. And <laughs> what a can... wonderful sentence that is by itself, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> yeah, you can the first thing you can build are the grannies um, yeah. after point clickers because at first you just click on it and it's like oh then you can buy a pointer that will a, click a on a second cursor to click on it for you and it means that every minute that will do one click and that's not a lot but you kind of think well you get 20 of them and you're like ah oh, 20 clicks and you carry on clicking away and then it gets to the point where you start building grannies and then it like escalates in the same way that all video games do you build grannies then you build like a cookie farm and a cookie factory and they get increasingly ridiculous but then it becomes this thing of the, the grannies are useless for a lot of the game because they don't make many cookies compared to like your antimatter cookie. Yeah, engines. you have like the 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 antimatter cookie engines who are pulling in antimatter from the edge of the universe to create cookies at about a million cookies per second. But meanwhile, you have your 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 grannies who are still making like one thousand five hundred cookies per second, which is like infinitesimally just tiny yeah. tiny amount of cookies. It's ridiculous. But they become a really crucial yes. part. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna step back here and say I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, like, like I, I, you could be making this up. Like, I yeah, sorry, Brendan's on quite a lot of medication. <laughs> <laughs> but 
no, yeah. you guys must have played Candy Box as well. The yeah. Yeah. precursor, it's very Candy similar to Candy Box. Well, of course. Oh, okay. If you know that, is then oh, is it? Well, it's, it's a very similar. The numbers go up, and then you can yeah. get things to increase the numbers. But I liked how Candy Box was more open about the fact that it had secrets. It was uh, especially the second game, which was just bananas, and you had a whole <laughs> town, and you had quests, and you could explore and get different items and fight. Well, no, I, what I see what I loved about it was the fact that you, you were drawn into Cookie Liga because you thought, this is bollocks, right? But then you thought, well, yeah. I'll play around with it for a minute. And then you kind of think, well, I want to see what's next. I want to see what's next. And then when you get to the point where you're like, you are building like the top thing, when you unlock that final bit of space on the little bar of all the things you can unlock, it's kind of hooked into your brain. Like, there's something nice about it. And now it's like, well, it's embedded. It really does pull the sheet off like very basic game mechanics like these are progress bars going up yes and it's mm. like it's mainlining this sense of progression and it still that engages get, you and it, it still, still engages you and that's what sickens you when you play <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know I can see I can, it's so apparent how the game is playing me but I, I still love it. I still enjoy yeah. seeing the cookies going up yeah, and, and that's making why billions of cookies. That's why it's beautiful when it gets to the point where suddenly the, the, the army of grandmas you have, you suddenly have the option to like start... Towards the end of the game, you get upgrades that cost a lot of cookies, but a lot of the upgrades towards the end of the game start to be to do with the grandmas. Like, you get interdimensional grandmas, augmented grandmas, <laughs> ancient grandmas, and they keep saying, like... Oh, the, the, all the descriptions keep saying like, oh, you know, you don't know what the effects of this are, but you know, it will increase your cookie. And then it gets <laughs> to the point where you realise that like your grandmas are producing like way more cookies than like anything else. Like they've gone from being useless to being insane. And then there's a point. The, back, which, uh, was yeah. it, the, the background slowly fades from being a beautiful landscape of cookie farmland to being grandmas. this sort of amorphous, fleshy blob of yes. grandmas and cookies. That, that's and the thing. <laughs> it gets really dark in the fact that basically it becomes this thing of basically suddenly, like when you get towards the end game and you've got loads of grandmas, it's suddenly the fun, like almost theme park style ticker tape that comes up throughout most of the game going oh, there's so many cookies now. There's like, there's more cookies, enough cookies to fill Europe. There's enough cookies to fill the ocean. There are more cookies than trees and all this. And then towards the end, it's just like, grandmas, towards the end, it's like, grandmas are disappearing. Like, and like, (laughs) elderly relatives are disappearing. Everyone's worried. And then suddenly it's like, where are all the grandmas going? It's because you are like hiring all of the grandmas. And then the picture in the background that was previously loads of cookies turns to loads of grandmas. And then there's this bit where basically you can choose, I can't remember what it is, but it's basically, it's kind of, it's it's vague enough that it's lovely. It's vague enough that it's like, this is cool. But it's basically, you realise you're, you're signing some sort of demonic pact. It's like a grandma singularity. Yes, that's like, <laughs> Oh my God. They, they basically command the universe from a single cookie production centre. Yeah, <laughs> I'm so sorry I didn't play this and then, Well, the thing is, <laughs> it's a huge this. waste of time. It's the, only, it's the only sort of game that you can play if you're fully employed. Well, isn't everything, <laughs> everything is a waste of time. Well, well I tell you the, what, so the, I think I talked about this on the Ghost cast, but did any of you play A Dark Room? Which is the... I think he talked about it on the podcast, I think. Was it? I okay. think it was a proper podcast. <laughs> right, so, but it's, it's the ability to turn these mechanics of numbers going up and managing a tribe and doing these same twists that you guys are talking about of, oh, I'll just increase this number, this number, and then putting dark spins on it to do with, oh, I'll get my tribe to do this over and over, and eventually the game's like... It pops up with a message saying, you don't really see them as tribesmen anymore. And when you go to click on the button that lets you manage a tribesman, it just reads slaves... And it do, but oh. a dark room is is really good for stuff like this. Super minimal stuff to do with keeping a fire going and running a tribe. But as as daft as Cookie Clicker is, Daft Room tries to do the same thing and make it poignant. So it's worth playing. I think if people are interested in Cookie Clicker, then do you, do you know like who, who do you guys know who the creators of these games are? Because I would be interested to know if any of them had worked for like Playfish or, or, or <laughs> yeah. Zingo or yeah. anything like that. I like, think a dark room. I, it was a it was a developer who I it was a single developer and I can't remember their name, but I don't know if they were they'd worked in the commercial space before. What's amazing is that I don't I don't cheat at games very often. That's not a thing that interests me at all. But um, Cookie Clicker, <laughs> I downloaded a JavaScript thing that automatically <laughs> click, clicks on the cookie for you. Wow! Like <laughs> I became so addicted to seeing those numbers go up. I just, I just mainlined. Wow! The, uh, I just got so obsessed by it. I think I, the I, thing that I and I wonder if it was intentional was just the fact that like 
by the time I realized how dark it was getting, I was just, it was, I was already too addicted and I couldn't stop. And it was, it was knowing that clicking, because the thing is the, the upgrades get so expensive. It's like, it gets more, it's like 1.2 billion cookies for the next upgrade. And then when you get the option of the, the grandma singularity, it costs nothing. It's a free upgrade mm. and it does, it will increase your cookie production by a huge amount. But then it says, I think it just says, there is no going back. <laughs> <laughs> or something like, there may be no you, going back. So I've played it a lot. Uh, you <laughs> <laughs> I played it a lot as well. You can, you can, you can go back, and the differences between this is much debated in the Cookie Clicker forum whether or not it's more beneficial God. to to be part of the Grandma Nexus. Or oh my to, God. <laughs> God! You were really lost, weren't you? Or to be free of the Grandma tyranny, and um, I think it it depends. If you are willing to sit at your computer and click on the dark cookies that pop up, there are some dark cookies that appear on your screen. You can click on them and you get added bonuses. If you sit around and wait for those to show up, then absolutely Grandma Nexus is the way to go. Uh, if you're not willing to sit around watching cookies go up like some sort of idiot, then uh, by all means, don't opt into the Grandma Nexus. And that's uh, Steve's cookie clicker tips. Wow. Dot com. This has gone into like cookie clicker propaganda territory. <laughs> I, just, no, I, just, I just found myself so weirded out by the fact that I was, I was so genuinely very disturbed by because the image that it blends into it, it turns from an image of grandma's, it very, a, very gently blends into these like nightmares. It's like a, flesh, flesh a fleshy grandma. It's just something out of doom. But you don't notice it. It's very gentle. It goes from pictures of grandma's to this. So yeah. at first you just start to go. The grandmas look a bit unwell or something, and then suddenly it's like they look really weird. Then it's like, oh my god, it's horrible. And the only way to make it go away is to to pay the grand matriarch. <laughs> the grand matriarch. <laughs> Where the fuck did this game come from? Can you I swear on this podcast? Yeah, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> that is one of my favourite tricks for games to pull, where they take something that you are deeply familiar with, perhaps part of the user interface, and change it. And I won't spoil what game it is in case people stumble across it. But there is a game uh, where you have a map that you're constantly at. You, you press M on the keyboard, that's a clue. And then it brings up a map. Uh, but about three quarters of the way through the game, you press M to bring up the map. And you're presented with a sacrificial diagram of a boar. And you realize they're all different locations in the game, mapped to different parts of the boar. So that city you go to with the, where the country's ruled from is the head of the boar and all this stuff. But it's so, it, the game gives no fanfare. It just brings you, oh, I'd like my map. And it goes, okay, here's a picture of an oh, animal. so good. And uh, you are just stunned by it. Uh, it it's, it's a nice trick. Breaking the, the rules, I think, is actually like, I mean, I think it was um, The Walking Dead, the first series, that, that amazingly there was a point at which, like, you quite early on you, you were it sort of snapped you out of a conversation mid-conversation at the point at which you were supposed to be oh, making second, a choice in the second yeah. part yeah it was just suddenly like you're like oh what choice do I choose and then something happened and it just breaking the comfort zone mm. it's almost like I mean I, I saw somebody actually point out a really smart idea um, somebody uh, I think on Twitter was talking about Dark Souls 2 and about how it like almost felt like it recycled too many of the, the same tricks it's like wouldn't it have been cool if at some point you'd been just about to go through a boss door and the boss had come out oh. like just something like that because you, you're so familiarised with the system of here's a big white fog door you go up to it when you're ready it's, like, it's annoying because like even as far back as Razzy 2 they knew to do that to fuck yeah, with your yeah. expectations like when you go to open one of those doors and you open one of the doors instead of just being in the next area these two zombies come at you at one point like they just seems as far strange, back as they yeah. and they know that to, it seems to weird that like gaming conventions now have become like so embedded that, that people just like use them because of familiar familiarity when they don't realise that almost like when things are that embedded that's a chance to start really fucking with you. Yeah, I was saying though if everyone started fucking yeah. with convention then we just wouldn't know what to expect and there would be no convention to fuck oh, with. Steve, oh Steve, we burn no. the code. smash the system. <laughs> we'll leave when we can't all be ironic. Someone has to maintain the status quo. Well I didn't play it but I mean that's what I hope is the big problem with uh, with bloody what's called Bloods, Blood Dragon and the fact that it was like oh, tutorials or and then was like, here's a tutorial. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like, it sort of did that thing of taking the piss out of games and then was just did all that stuff as Probably, well. Oh, the best gag for that has got to be Portal 2, where it's like, press A to open, to like to take talk. your gun out. Yeah. yeah, you press A and you jump. and, it, and you Yeah, like yeah. yeah. Port Portal games are always really good at just messing your expectations and just saying, yeah, you're going to do this and then... Come to think of it, that was that was what Portal 2 did. It You expected Portal and it sort of yeah, did just, its best it's, to jink away constantly. Yeah. But also just enough for someone who doesn't even play games very often I think people who don't even play games very often to repeat myself um, <laughs> they would say yeah they say press A to do this thing and they do it and something else happens even they would get the joke yeah, sure. yeah. that the thing hasn't happened that 
the game said would happen. So was, yeah, whereas yeah. stuff like Woods or Cookie Clicker and all of, all of those games that we're talking about rely on a deep understanding of game mechanics. Yes. Even like Portal, one of the reasons why it's one of the greatest games ever made is because it does turn on its head game conventions that people who don't play games very often still understand. Mm. Yeah, yeah it's absolutely. Just, and actually, it's on my list. It's a cool little question for you, actually. I mean, my, my list... I often have this now because I'm a, a sort of increasingly uh, regarded as being an adult in the world. Um, I, I have conversations with people who don't really play games very often. Are you going to say it's on your list of games to play? No, 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 no. I, when I meet people who say, what games goodness. should I be playing? <laughs> yeah, when I meet people who don't play games very often, maybe they play a bit, and they, but they like games, or people who love games but they haven't played them in years, and they go, oh, what games should I play? And I always, I always say that I think the three games I say people should play are Portal 2, Red Dead Redemption and Dota 2. No, no. <laughs> yeah, honestly, mate, you just got to play it for eight hundred hours. It was click. It was click. Um, I don't know. I can't remember what the third one is actually. Oh no! Did I remove your train of? Thought? No, it doesn't matter what the third one is. It, it may well actually be Dark Souls, just because. Of the no. Fact that no. You must have met people who say, oh, I couldn't get into Dark Souls. You don't want that for people. Well, no, 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 but I, I honestly think, I honestly think, and I've said this before. New Super Mario Brothers on the Wii U. That's the one. Yeah, sure. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, I thought him, you were being... Yeah, give them no, no, him yeah, no, yeah, yeah candid. Yeah, me too. i tell you what I played, uh, thanks to our old friend Brendan here, uh, <laughs> recently, is Brothers. Oh, which actually... The thing is, uh, Brothers is really, really... Oh, like, I really, I really, really like it, uh, and I think it's really well-crafted, but I don't think if you gave that to somebody who has not really played that many games... They won't appreciate it as much. Maybe not. The, mm, mm, I just feel like... That's the thing is, I'm not saying that. You see, that's the thing is, I, what I'm saying is people who who love games but don't have time to play them that much, right? Well, see, this is why... And I, that's, that's why I recommend Dark Souls, is because actually a lot of the time there's these weird situations where people who used to play games a lot but haven't actually get more out of Dark Souls than people who play a lot of games. Like there are loads of people I know who don't play games who just got so into that. Yeah, I don't know. It just feels it's like, almost like it's a, it's it like feels a weird. Like, yeah, but I know so many. I know so many people play games, games a lot, and even they go, oh, "I've got, I've, I've got Dark Souls. I only got this much. This, this. I only yeah. got this far into it. Yeah. I'm not really." But I honestly think people who play really games a lot. Me. I think people who play games a lot have have a harder time getting into it than people who don't play games as much. You know what's funny? My friend had a Chinese landlady, and she was kind of interested in the idea that he had a PS3. And uh, Demon Souls had just come out, and she was like, "You know, I'm not going to do an accent because that would be awful." Yes. But she said, uh, "She said, well, what are you playing?'" And he would say, "Oh, it's this game called Demon Souls." And he came back from work, and he was working night shifts at a travel lodge. Uh, still love you, Chris. And he came back from work one day, and um, he said, uh, and he saw him. She was playing Demon Souls. This girl who hadn't played a game in years had played, and she was playing it. She got a tower shield, and she got a spear, and she'd found out that in demons, if you hold block, you can yeah, yeah, poke through the shield. The same, yeah. And God knows how far she got in, but she was, she was she was like a dog with her teeth, just sunk into it. She latched onto it. I still don't know if I disagree with you, but that is certainly evidence that backs up your it's, idea. Yeah, I, just feel, I just feel uh, like I guess I, it's weird. Though. I used to love playing action RPGs a lot. Like and I still do, but I found that one of the things I like about them is almost in familiarity, you know. And it's like there's something warming about it. It's like a you know, sausage and mash sort of thing. But it's <laughs> it's kind of like you, you know what you know how to play them, you know how to do them, and it's something like going through the motions. And I think what fucks people over with with something like that is the fact that you have an understanding of how you expect it to go, and when you keep getting killed, that's a that's a, that's doesn't that's an annoyance because that's not what happens. So you go, you, you kill the monsters, you move on, you you meet new monsters. Sometimes, like the biggest challenge you'll have in most action RPGs is, oh, I don't know how to kill this monster. Oh, I have to knock its shield off or something. Like it's something like you don't usually get killed by them. You'll just have a moment of going, how do I kill this guy? Oh, like this. I guess it's interesting in that it's a game with no real answers. Well, or it's you're a game able that, to find your own path. It's more the fact that it's like it ignores current, it ignored previous tropes, and it actually invented its own system. Sometimes the point in ways which were irritatingly obtuse and obscure, but at the same time, it didn't do the classic thing of being like. I mean, there's a classic thing, like, you know, simple things like you when you meet those little crystal walking guys. Like, in any other RPG, you'd be like, oh, it's a nice crystal thing. I need a fire weapon. Mm. Whereas, actually, it's just like, no, it's just a fucking... Yeah, fire weapons work against ice, not crystal. No, that's the thing. Yeah, but that, you would have looked at it and you would have thought, ice that's monster. ice, but it's not ice. Well, in this, it's crystal. Like, and that's the thing, is it's like, it, 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 it wasn't, didn't feel like it was necessarily trying to go massively against the grain. It just sort of threw all the rules out and we're like, no, we're going to do it yeah, our, I, our own way. I see know? what you're saying. Like, I, I feel like... If you did say to someone who didn't play that many games, here are some games to play, and Dark Souls was on the list. Uh, it's always at the end of my list. Yeah, yeah, it's, 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 yeah. It's, it's like the gamble, isn't it? It's like you'll you'll either you'll either yeah. sink your teeth into this game, as you said, like 
or you'll or you'll just you'll just bounce off. That's the thing. That's, that, yeah. the way I look Putting at it, Dark Souls like, on a list is your preference absolutely shining through. And if you do want to compile a list of games that people who had never played games before would love, no, that's not what I'm saying. Though that's not. There's just people is. who don't play. It's, it's people who you meet who are like blokes in their early 30s or late 20s who say, oh, "That's quite a specific demographic." No, who? No, I get what you mean. Because I meet a lot of these guys now. I meet a lot of these guys who are like, "Oh, I love video games. I just don't have time to play them anymore." But I. That's why. That's maybe why you shouldn't say Dark Souls because it takes a ton. But that's why that's why my list is I always say the ones you've got to play are you've got to play Portal 2 you've got to play Red Dead Redemption and then I say after that if you oh. after that if you're still if you're still pining for something put some on because the thing is a lot, of these, a lot of these blokes they like they like first person things I mean Red Dead is easy because it's like a lot of people have played GTA a lot of people love GTA but a lot of these guys would also love Red Dead because they've played so much GTA that they would like it and I think Red Dead's better than GTA personally yeah I'm um, with you. so it's one of those things where like a lot of them just missed it because it was more of a gamer's game but if you tell them it's like it's GTA the World West and it's really good most Fuck people off. go whoa GTA is Red Dead Redemption in New York in cars <laughs> <laughs> yes. well it's, it's a game where you can lasso a man off his horse and drag him into town just tell them that and they all want to play that game it's true it's true but I mean like do you guys get that a lot at the moment I get that a lot at the moment I think asking for recommendations asking for recommendations for people who are almost lapsed and you kind of know that they just they want a really a game that's going to be great they don't just want something to play they're going to want something like they can only choose a couple of games uh, when people see, ask me that I get paralysed and I'm just like when people know. ask me that I, I, I'm I trying to be more forward looking if I get that question if people get <laughs> them like what you want to do is pre-order no it's <laughs> if I don't want to point towards Red Dead Redemption and towards the AAA space I want to point towards Papers Please I want to point towards games that aren't what they expect versus yeah, yeah this is different really good no this is different I mean no, I'm, I'm, you look at things like Grand Theft Auto 5 which I would say is one of the best games. Yeah, I would made. actually. I would if you're if we're listing the thing you're talking about. I would name GTA Five over Red Dead Redemption. No way. But even GTA Five, uh, I gave it to my friend to play. He doesn't play many games, and he ran around for a bit. I was like, "How do I run? Oh, you hold down uh, the right trigger. Uh, how do you sprint? Oh, you tap A. How do I change my weapon? Well, you hold down the left bumper. <laughs> you right. Uh, hang on. What's the left bumper? It's this." It's like it's impossible to like if people don't play games, they are yeah. fucking inaccessible. There's a language there that you just don't get. We Absolutely, talk about and it's like I, I wouldn't ever tell anyone to play GTA Five because that's one of those games where it's like if they've even got yeah. a passing interest in games, then they're already all over that. GTA so you're talking about yeah, yeah, exactly. a middle ground of someone who's smart but is also still interested in going for. Someone who's going for the smart edge of the Hollywood AAA space, whereas I'm thinking if you're smart, I would I would go I would try and eclipse that and go towards what's happening in the indie space, something that gives you more in less time for less money. At the moment, though, it's just not like accessible enough, and the fact that like obviously like uh, PS4 is really getting behind like being a platform for it, and it looks like Xbox One is like running behind it desperately <laughs> trying to. We should probably up. talk about Ether. We'll do that in a minute. Fuck <laughs> it. What wouldn't you give to someone who was new to games? Uh, Wolfenstein. Yeah, well, I definitely wouldn't give that to anyone who is in games at all. <laughs> Talk about Wolfenstein. I mean, I, was, I should probably point out, obviously, this is a, a podcast that's come out during E3, but I kind of figure that it's like, well, A, none of us are at E3, as is evident by the fact that we're all sitting in my flat. <laughs> B, like, I mean, we could just speculate on business bollocks and announcements, and there are some things we'd like to talk about, certainly. But at the same time, it's like, well, if you're really interested in E3 news, there's going to be like... a fucking ton of it all over the internet we won't give them news we're not going to give bulleted we're going to say what the real news is the real news is the real Splatoon (laughs) massive headline Splatoon continued on pages 6, 7, 8, 9 and 14 that's all I want to talk about let's do Splatoon then do Splatoon Splatoon Splatoon. what is Splatoon Splatoon came up in the Nintendo conference and it's uh, being made in house at Nintendo it is if you haven't seen it you should totally google the trailer but broadly, it's a paintball FPS, four on four, which is already interesting, sort of. Um, is it an FPS or is it like? Sorry, a it's a third, third person, person over the shoulder because everything at E3 is third, third person. As F- PS, PS, It's a Shakespearean FPS. No one's ever done that before. SKS. We can refine it later, and we'll turn it into a real joke. So I saw these teams of sort of small girls running around with paintball guns, and I was ready to be unimpressed. Then the game sort of did a series of announcements that everyone hooked me deeper and deeper. The first one: you're not trying to kill each other. The winner is the person who covers more of the battlefield in paint. 
okay. And then it said, uh, also, you can turn into a squid and travel really fast in your own team's paint. And I went, what? And then it said, also, the other team's paint is sort of a very sticky glue and will slow you down. And I just started losing my mind. And the reason why is that, not just because this is the kind of game where... I, it's just so it's disappointingly rare that a video game comes out where I can get behind it wholeheartedly with no moral questions because it's just a paint game. It's it's easy. It's what Nintendo does. But also when I look at FPSs, I'm always thinking there's something unimaginative about them. Like you have the unlimited spectrum of video games. We can do mm. we can break any rules. At Create all. any universe you could. And what imagine. we are creating is war, <laughs> more <laughs> war of the style of tanks and planes and guns. And then Splatoon says, no, actually, rather than running to the battlefield, why don't you just be able to jump to any friend? Why don't you be able to hide in your own paint? Why don't you be able to travel really fast or have a roller and run people over with it? It's all the imagination that I want. It's a making the game uh, sort of totally family friendly and B doing really cool mechanical stuff like there was a point in the trailer I screamed uh, at my girlfriend <laughs> because it just showed how yeah you can you can <laughs> just <laughs> it was I went because you can shoot through paint really fast like you can travel incredibly fast and <clears throat> swim through the paint and th- but it showed one scene where someone runs into an arena and someone pops out of the paint just hiding in the paint you can hi- yes yeah, alright you can hide you can just press a button to hide in paint so you can camp you can just sit in your own paint and then pop out and shoot someone which isn't necessarily beneficial because because uh, then you're not painting the arena but it, then they pointed out other things like with bullets you can't see them, which is the dumbest thing in an FPS. Whereas with paint, obviously, if you're about to enter an arena, you see tons of paint spattering across the arena in huge, you know dirty gloves. To avoid. You know where the enemy is. It's all slightly more cerebral and slightly more interesting than I would get from a gun game. And it just excited me. And it's weird because people look at this sort of Nintendo sheen of a, a take on a third-person <coughs> multiplayer shooter, and they just think, Oh, this is kiddie. This is kiddie bullshit. I don't, I'm not interested in it. Yeah, but, but as you say, you can see the ammo flying across the battlefield. There is like latency, but not not network latency, but yeah, gameplay latency. And anyone between who's the... played Tribes will know that latency on shots is actually a fascinating mechanic and just totally worth doing. And you can see where where the battle's happening, and it's mm-hmm. like that's. Nintendo don't come at these things with wanting with, uh, to make something for kids. They just want to make something good. Yes, and they don't come at it from ignorance. They come they come at it from sort of purely game design persp- uh, angle, and that's what I love so much about Nintendo. I've got to say, I've got to say, the thing that I really loved about Nintendo's um, presentation uh, was that I've been watching all of them, obviously, because I'm a fucking prick. <laughs> um, <laughs> but the, the thing I love about it is the fact that all of the other shows so far is like it's basically equivalent to someone walking on stage going boom. <laughs> and like helicoptering their dick for oh yeah well, we, should, we should say that Nintendo's conference was was broadcast it, it wasn't broadcast. on stage which yeah. is an honest thing to do because well they saw they, they it was about maybe two years ago now where they you, took a decision to go to Nintendo Direct well, like, what's where the they, fucking point like you've got, you got like 500 journalists sitting in LA and the thing is I, I was out in LA last year for E3 and I watched all of the presentations through my stupid videos just I'm doing stupid videos this year whatever and I didn't go to the things because it's like, why would I? Like they're on different sides of LA. Like why would you why would you get on a bus and have to be in the heat, queuing up, getting inside, to then end up sitting in a place? Because that's the cool place to be, Matt. <laughs> well, fuck being Where all the cool community members are. You're not a cool kid. Here, but uh, again, my girlfriend pointed out something interesting about the Nintendo conference, which was um uh there was a point where someone on the stage at some point talking about some game said, and this is actually huge, they just said Oh, we designed this game to make you smile. We wanted this game to put a smile on your face. And you listen to that and you're like, okay, that does it. Wait, nobody at the Microsoft and Sony conferences? Doesn't that seem kind of important? It's like, we made this Tom Clancy game to make you smile. No, they made Tom Clancy game to be really high fidelity. Absolutely. And that's what makes me so upset when people go, oh, I wish Nintendo would go third party and make third party games. Imagine if Nintendo were a third party company. Imagine if they were Ubisoft and they'd have like, Here's a new Super Smash Bros. game announced during the Microsoft conference. For the, the really weird thing is, that would be so fucking poisonous. Either they work. It's absolutely. You know, I, I hadn't thought about that, but you're kind of right. It's, I mean, I, Nintendo need to be independent, and they need. I don't. I don't give a shit if the Wii U is not selling. If the Wii is a failure, Nintendo. I'll tell you what, it, it won't be after this. The Zelda trailer that they released. No, I think that's why the Wii U. The Wii U. The Wii U might, I, didn't, I didn't. I didn't. Right, see this, it. There's this kid, right? There's this kid. He's got a. He's got a green hat. I will say. <laughs> doesn't even the the, the, the team um, it was such a short teaser of what the next generation Wii U 
1080p um, <laughs> Legend of Zelda game. 1080p. 1080p. It's, Brendan, it's going to be 1080p. That's I'm sorry, I didn't understand you when I started laughing. Did you say 1080p? It's 1080p. 1080p. And don't get me wrong, it's probably going to be 60 FPS as well. No. Yeah. Shit the bed. <laughs> 10 out of 10. Um, so you have Anuma. Uh, talking in front of this luscious landscape and a character on a horse and he goes it's probably Link that's probably Link some 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 concept art in the background very imp- oh you reckon yeah, I thought it was a very impressive draw distance that's that oh. well it looked it appeared to be concept art I'm about to Oh, so, oh come on, man. Yeah. I haven't yeah. seen I it. Stop spoiling. Ruining everything. He's talking about how they're making their, their first open world game. And Zelda games have been semi-open world, like Wind Waker had islands you can visit in any order, and Skyward Sword, and you can always visit things in certain orders, but in this game, they seem to be actually going for an open world game in which you can approach... Landmarks from any angle. That was the that was the crux of of the, of of, yeah. Onuma's, uh, of of his speech um, about how you you make your decision as to how you're going to approach uh, an objective from the moment you set off. The when mo- you see it at the horizon, yes, right? and you decide when you're going. You can every mountain. You can go to that mountain on the horizon, which was the thing that like. Elder Scrolls developers were saying a decade ago. Yeah, actually, when you were saying that, I did think of Skyrim, but the thing with Skyrim mm-hmm. is that it's secretly cheap. <laughs> well, the thing, so the thing about Skyrim and even like The Witcher is a very Western-style way of making games, mm-hmm. and I don't think a Japanese developer has really fully gone hell for leather and made a Skyrim game. No, no, but I wouldn't want them to because that's just an enormous... No, dr- well, actually, I think it would be really... It'd be really fucking interesting if a Japanese developer made a exactly. Elder and Scrolls that's, game. That's <laughs> why that's why I'm so terrifically excited that Nintendo are making a fucking open world game, and that's like it's, just, it's the way he's, he was talking about the the possibilities of what it what it would bring to the to his next Zelda game, mm. and he was saying how oh yes, as I said, you can approach the objective from any angle. And these are things that are like so way in the back of the heads of of Bethesda. Like they don't, they've forgot, they've stopped thinking about this. And they've started thinking about number of enemies on screen. I don't, I don't, no, sorry, I don't want to reduce. No, no, what Bethesda mean, there is, there's, a, there's an element of autopilot with games, and I think if you, especially if you have a project of a certain scale, and with the fidelity comes that, like you get to a point where it does just become. You the amount yeah, of quests. what you're doing. But now you're having yeah. Nintendo, a Japanese developer, coming at a genre with an absolute like one hundred percent like blank canvas and going hang on what can we do if we create an open world what can Nintendo do if we create an open world Zelda game Mm. and they're not they're not going to fall back on tropes they're not going to do things where you see oh Watch Dogs has made an open world game oh it's Grand Theft Auto that's fucking pared down to nothing they're going to come at it with 100% their own ideas yeah they will not rely on popular successes of the past they're, they're going to create something that's completely new, completely original, and fucking mind-blowing. It and, will be fascinating, no matter how good it is. And when, uh, we're going back to seeing that man, talk, the Japanese man talking in front of, of, the, of that scene, he faded away, and that scene came to life. Yes. A fucking big spider monster started blasting lasers everywhere. <laughs> <and it's fully laughs> <hands up>. Yeah. <laughs> and well, that almost... All, genuinely speak, almost brought me to tears. As a Nintendo fan, I was like, "Shit, this is next gen. Uh, this is was, next yeah. gen Zelda." And I, I, you know what? I almost didn't even watch the Nintendo thing, um, and I'm so glad I did because I was like, "Whoa, whoa! This this is like the only thing that made me sad is it, it felt very much like um, it, it probably felt like a victory to many, but it felt like it. It's definitely people like me who are Nintendo fans, but have been very much struggling to find a reason why they're ever going to buy a Wii U have been got on board, but I just don't know how many other people will be. Well, the wonderful thing is Nintendo don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter. Who cares? Well, I guess it matters at some point. And I know I know it's a thing of like, they have got a lot of money to sit on. They fritter their money away. But at some point, it's going to have to matter. I just worry them about them. I don't I worry about them. Nintendo worry about have them in enough a vuncular manner. I'm not like, oh, Nintendo, we're going to fail because they made bad decisions. Jeez, Nintendo, like, they have enough money to, to fail four or five consoles in a row. 
I think they so, yeah. they have the the most uh, capital of any yeah. uh, games company. They don't that, but that just means that their losses are less than every other games company. <laughs> yeah, but they they've got they've got like and they always they have always been experimental. Like we forget like how much of an insane failure the Virtual Boy was. Like you know, it's funny though. You don't. It, to continue from what we're saying, you don't quite realise how drab uh, Microsoft in particular has become until you see Nintendo oh doing gosh. their thing again. I fucking realised how drab. I actually gosh. find I find um, actually this is good. This is good. I can sh- share this with you. Oh, but right, I, I feel nice. like sitting here with you doing this makes me feel happy and makes me re- reminds me that I do actually like games because I, <laughs> I do find that E3 generally does um, it used to be excitement but now it does I do find it saps me well, I think we've had the most exciting E3 in a, in a number of years no E3 uh, the last yeah. year was last year was pretty exciting but that was because there was this weird power play between Xbox and Sony that everybody made a big like a, a big deal of and fair enough it needed to be a big deal made of and it was a kind of consumer war that they were waging with yeah. each other it was interesting there isn't anything like that this year this year it's just the game yeah, which is yeah. fine by and which is fine which is also what they need to do now is what I they should need also to caveat, I should also caveat that the only conferences I've seen so far have been the Nintendo um, Direct which actually I thought was fantastic it's probably the best thing I've seen so far the Microsoft one which I thought was incredibly mm. boring and the EA one I haven't oh, actually so had a chance to see the other one the Sony one Sony yeah so Sony was quite late I was in. I was, it was asleep. Two in the I stayed up. Yeah, yeah. Did you stay up for it? I so what? So what was the footnotes of this Sony? Yeah, I watched the highlights. I'm really like trying to remember what was in it. I remember little seeing Big Planet Little Big Planet Three, three and Planet. being tremendously underwhelmed because I'm I, a big Little Big Planet fan. Oh really? I was yeah. in other. Okay, well I was in at the ground level of Little Big Planet because um, I was living with a uh, friend at the time who, um, uh, hi Chris, still love you, um, <laughs> who uh, was really excited about the concept of Little Big Planet. We played it and we went through the whole single player campaign co-op and it was fine. God, you got through a whole single player campaign? Oh, uh, yes. Because Some of that was bollocks. You needed to unlock oh, all the fabrics. I think it was. I think it, I think it was okay. But the thing is... The, I mean, it was standard. He was really excited about making all the single player levels. And when the designer or it was some Sony executive came on and said... You know, a little bit. I like that Little Big Planet Three is going to let you play all the cool levels from one and two. That's awesome, uh, but it's necessary because when he said we've made seven point three million levels in Little Big Planet or whatever the number was, it was around there. I knew I, I was saying aloud to the room at the time. Six point four million of those levels are people who've made a level gone. Oh, I'll put a thing here. Oh fuck this! Because yeah. <laughs> I made that. My friend made that. I'm sure tons of yeah. Yeah, I'm made pretty that. sure it's a blank level yeah. with a ball that falls on your head. <laughs> yeah, it. exactly. Yeah. No, but you. But little planet is still kind of worth it for buying it and seeing what the top zero point zero one percent is made. Because mm-hmm. they make wacky stuff. Like I remember playing all of Ico and Little Big Planet form in about five minutes, which was great. It's amazing. You know, the things that people make in it, like someone remade Final Fantasy VII. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> I, I haven't played that one. Really? It's just mad. Good like, joke. People, no, no, people it's, do it's incredible in things. It's in like Chibi form, but it's oh there. yeah, like you got here's the Shinra level, here's this level, here's oh, this right. level. I thought you meant the whole game. No, oh, but yeah. it's still it's like, really they rush through it. <laughs> yeah. What was the other things at the? What were the other things? At the to be Sony. grammatically correct, uh, at to the be, Sony. I'm always uncharted. They've got a new uncharted. There was the the order, which looked like a cool third person game where you can shoot a werewolf with a gun. Oh, delightful! It honestly looked. I was I was looking at that, and that was probably the most good looking thing I saw. That had just astonishing lighting effects uh, and really nice walls were a bit wet. You could see. I find it really funny with the the fact that I I, uh, in one of my weekly kind of update videos, I, I had a brief thing where I sort of went. Out of nowhere, I was like, I find it a bit weird how like everyone thinks that sixty frames per second needs to be the standard when like in in film and television we use different frames like to give different feels and it's like it's uh, something it's inherently because it's an interesting the past, but it's something that like and then literally about four days later there was this whole hurrah because then the, the order came out and we're like yeah we're doing thirty frames a second because we want like better visuals in a certain feel and it was like oh shit so, like, <laughs> yeah. that was relevant the, the, the 60 FPS thing and the 1080 thing so it, it's bizarre this new uh, standards come out in console games where they're like oh we're going to hit 60 FPS and we're going to do 1080p and people are getting obsessed about I'm it very sceptical about who cares and on people who, who on the opposite tell. side going oh who who actually cares about it and like who can tell the difference in 30 frames a second well, you can tell the difference it's like hang yeah. on Anyone who's been playing PC games for the last 20, 30 years yeah. knows the difference between 30 yeah. FPS and 60 FPS. It's very obvious. Yeah. But it doesn't... It's obvious, but it doesn't matter. Uh, it doesn't matter. No, no you can, no, have, a, you can have a game yeah. playing at 30 FPS 
and that's playable, that's fine. I think it's all about I've pl- having consistency, frankly. You speak oh, yeah, to, yeah. If you speak sure. to a PC gamer who played PC games throughout the 90s, I think when when tech was advancing very quickly and steadily, I think PC tech has stagnated with this generation yeah, of consoles. Absolutely. So if you, if you bought a PC six years ago, it's still going to run every game that's coming out right now. Yeah. But back in the 90s, I think... You get left behind so quickly. Two years ago, if your PC is two years old, it's dead. It's just not running anything. But you can play games at 16 frames a second, and that's like <laughs> yeah. that's like borderline the limit. The, 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 the thing is, like, I, I feel like uh, like people like you, Matt, and people uh, other people on YouTube who make videos and stuff like uh, would notice the frames per second issue a lot more than any other just average gamer because you have to make videos. Yeah, and you have to you have to think about those options, and you have to think about what goes into. It shouldn't be dismissed like, as, a, as, what, as, what, as what a, you export basically whenever you're clicking that button. I think it's on. well. I mean, I think it's like uh, it's an issue at the moment. The fact that really. Uh, I think it's quite interesting. You can't. Um, YouTube doesn't support sixty frames a second. The only sites that are actually have sixty frames per second are sites with. No, sorry, that is boring. Should we move on to the next? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what else was in the Sony conference? Uh, no Man's Sky was probably in the. No Man's Sky. Sky. The same, the the same footage of No Man's Sky we've seen before. Which, no, it wasn't. No, it was new. It was, it was new, new, but it did the same. It kind was still of a thing. ship leaving a place with a dinosaur. I, I tell you what. I what yeah. I mean, what, do you, like, what do you do in No Man's Land? Uh, no Man's Sky. I've seen it. I have. So. Well, so I played it. Okay, and also, this, this I love Hello Games. I played a game. Their personal pet favorite of mine. Okay, cool. So I played a game, uh, PC freeware called Noctis. I think when I was probably about twelve. And if anyone remembers this from um, uh, from listening to the podcast, I, I, I you know good on you and definitely give me a link because I couldn't link you to it. But Noctis was a game which randomly generated a galaxy and let you fly around on a ship and land on a planet which was sort of this horrific voxel black and white thing. And maybe if you were really lucky, really lucky, you would find life, which was randomly generated. So you'd find a weird two-legged rabbit and you'd go, oh my god, and you'd send screenshots to your friends. And that was fine. That was enough. I mean, what do you do in Minecraft? If what you, if all you do in Minecraft is yeah. build a sort of capitalist home, then if all you do in No Man's Sky is explore a place and take readings, and if because if all the creatures are randomly generated, I'd be very happy taking yeah. photos. Pokemon I mean, can Slack you imagine what Minecraft's E3 trailer would have been if they had such a thing? If they had to advertise it like that, right? It what would, would be, it have been, and how excited would you have been about it? It would. It would be. Oh, you would look at it and go, "That looks like bollocks." Yeah, I don't, I don't, no, I know exactly <laughs> what it would be. It would be someone walking through a forest, and it would demonstrate them taking a log out of a tree, and then the music would swell, and they would turn around, and you would see a quarry with a village. That yeah. would, no, no, would, no, 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 no. There would be a time lapse build. Of a, yeah, of a, of a yeah. cabin, but no. But people would still look at it and go, "It's in stupid blocks." Uh, why, I would be interested. Why, in why isn't it like beautifully like curved? No, I, mean, I, I think there I, are some like, games. at the time when it came out, I would be interested Me to too. check it out. But I mean, like it came up very slowly in the exact opposite way than any game coming out of E3 does. I am full of trepidation for No Man's Skies, though. No Man's Sky. I'm a little, I'm a little I spoke, nervous. I, I spoke to Sean. I spoke to Sean. Sean Murray from uh, Hello Games before uh actually before no man's sky was announced um and it was it's not even interesting but it was codenamed skyscraper and okay that was that was the thing that's it that's uh, good because it's a ship and it scrapes you can. yes so well, there you go and he's uh, i was speaking to him about about um because i think he, he they just released joe danger 2 for pc and they bundled it with loads of joe danger 1 stuff um, so I was I was talking to him and they're based in Guildford, which is so the UK the UK developers, yeah, which means they're really sort of close to our hearts because you can talk to them and they speak to you like they're human people, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is like no. And I'm sure American developers would as well, but we don't see them outside of very strict work. Absolutely, yeah. So I know them quite well, and I lived. Disclaimer. I, I, I used to live with one of the developers of Hello like, Games. I to, but Hello I, Games, yeah. I didn't, and I, I know them a bit. But I'm, I'm exactly yeah. the same. But I spent time with Hello. They're, they're a fond. What he was saying was uh, was that um, he's just disappointed that what happens when next gen consoles comes out is that they spend all of the extra processing power on more polygons, more shaders more graphical fidelity. When in fact, what these consoles are allowing you to do is so much more than that. Yeah. Like, forget graphics, processing power, being able to process a lot of information at once, being able to procedurally create 
planets and worlds and space and ships and monsters and creatures. That's what he was interested in. And this is Sean Murray, basically a head design dude at Hello Games. Yeah. That's what he's interested in doing. So, so the thing that simultaneously made me excited but also nervous is that it was mentioned in the E3 shadow that in No Man's Sky, every player will start on their own planet. And when you log into the game, a planet will be created that's just yours and you'll be able to explore it and fly away and tell people about it, presumably. But then I'm thinking to myself, if that's your initial of the experience of the game, if they're confident enough that you're going to get a planet that's pretty cool, that immediately strips me of a lot of my excitement in a game about exploration because there's a certain threshold of excitement that players need to be provided, which made me think, like, no one's going to spawn on a shithole. No, no, well, no the, I think that you might, but that's fine, because I honestly think it's one of those games where, like, and this is what I like about it, is that it doesn't need to be, like, trying to be like, and you've got the active reload, and you've got the squad system. I think like, it's the problem with um, with procedural generated games. Uh, well, it's like, it's like Spore. No one was interested in Spore in the amoeba stage when you're going around chomping on other fucking uh, multi-cells organisms like they want to get to the point where everyone else is at they want to get to the point where you are yes, seeing other yeah. civilizations so you're saying you'll spawn on wherever but then you'll get in your ship and you'll fly off and see like, yeah like, because yeah. when you go to NeoGAF or you go to Reddit you're going to see everyone talking about oh here's this awesome thing that's happening up here in space you're, you're going to spawn on a planet you're going to go I don't give a shit about being on this planet I want to be where the internet culture says that this game is at its best. Even if you even yeah. if you spawn on a planet that uh, is... The thing is, how do you tell if you spawn on a planet that's hugely interesting or hugely not interesting? Well, in the trailer... You, you, you've just... Well, yeah. If Presumably you just, the trailer is the pinnacle by, of By this E3 trailer, which has, like, large-necked dinosaurs and stuff in it and huge rhino-like creatures and all this and mad... fluorescent mad things. Life. It's a really, really busy trailer and a lot is going on. Yeah. If you spawn on that planet... You, you, you. The thing is, like, how quickly do you get tired of that? Either way, I don't think. Sorry, go ahead. Either way, if you, if you, if you land on that, or if you start on that planet, or you start on a planet that's basically a bog with one beetle <laughs> yes, crawling around. That's what I want from my game. <laughs> yes. If you spawn on that planet, it, it the, the 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 difference is how quickly you get tired of it and leave. You know, it's not the difference of the, the game. You know, you're going to leave sooner or later. Yeah, so I, think, I think the problem is you're thinking about that in the context of it being a game where you have to do like three or four hours worth of missions before you get your spaceship. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking about it in the context of a game that Sony are putting front and centre. And there's a certain amount of QA pessimism that I've got where I don't think they will yeah. ship a game where players will spawn on an icy shithole which is totally boring and has no yeah features, yeah it's weird it's necessary in exploration it, it's weird like there's a lot of expectation about it because it's 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 like oh look at this amazing game this and similarly it that, is stupid for me to be discussing why I'm nervous about it when I know so little yeah, it, the, yeah. The, the, so much of even what we've talked about just now is rampant speculation, speculation. and we don't know a fucking thing I gotta throwing, say that, I mean, throwing the dice on being right about this yeah <laughs> yeah I, I mean I don't know I, mean, I think I think it's so it's, what's interesting about a procedural game like that is that you cannot make a trailer you, can, you can't make a trailer to sell it you no. make, you make they a, have made a trailer to sell it. They have, because they had to. <laughs> because it's the realities of how video games work. And the reality of how Sony man calls up and say, hey, we really like what you, Everyone's excited about your game. Make a trailer for us. We're going to show it at E3. Fill it with dinosaurs. They're not going to go, <laughs> nah. No, our, our game doesn't really work like that. Sorry, bye. No. Sorry, bye, Mr. Sony. Bye, Mr. Sony. No, they make a trailer and they make it look like it's exciting and good fun. Yeah, so I guess they just keep loading up plants until they find one that goes, that looks cool. Bye. Yes. Yeah, but it's like, oh, so I've been playing um, Alien Isolation. Yeah. Which in its levels are very. It, you are a uh, you play as Ripley's daughter on a, really? on a space station. Hasn't Ripley's children hasn't Ripley's children been removed? <laughs> no. That's, yeah. No. I'm not going to explain this one. <laughs> they were killed by. I don't fucking know. You're thinking of the other one, Newt. Alien. No. no Alien. Newt, no. In Alien Resurrection, Newt she's like, "Where are my kids?" And the answer is, "Your kids have been." Can I? Sorry. Yeah, go on. If you can do, do it, explain it. Because this is something I don't, that I don't understand. <laughs> Ripley's daughter she was told in Aliens the movie that, Rip, that her daughter had died ages ago of old age she was shown a picture of her she was shown a picture of her of, of the, her, the daughter really really old and then she went and she brought up Newton it was basically yeah surrogate but yes the thing behind Alien Isolation is that 
her daughter is alive as a young person. So we and don't surviving know. Surviving the aliens. We don't know. She's told basically this has something to do with this this mission that we're going to send you on has something to do with your mother. We don't know if you, as the protagonist in isolation, survive to the end of the game or not. Well, yeah, because what the well, company you... tells Ripley at the beginning of Aliens is questionable because they just wanted to go on the mission, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. no. The the idea that that the company show Ripley of of aliens, <laughs> a, a a photograph of her old dead daughter, how that in no way precludes her daughter being in a video game. Yeah, throughout the expanse of her it's, age, no, it's fine. She could have like been at least sixty, seventy years of age. She's We've all we all, we're probably all going to be in a video game. We're all going to die and be in video games. I think that's the future. Really, we all get but fifteen the, minutes in a video game. Because the point I was going to make was that it's difficult when you have a procedurally generated game where you can't predict what the elements are going to do. It's difficult to create a trailer that captures really that captures what it's, what it's going to do. Like, you can't make a Minecraft trailer. You can't make a trailer of a game where the experience is all of your own making. Well, yeah. that's the thing. It was ridiculous. I, I mean, I, I literally, as I say, I'm behind on the conferences, but I just watched the EA one today to make the video for it, and it's like fucking EA Hardpoint or EA Hardline. Hardline. Oh, Hardline. Yeah. The Hardline trailer is like, come on, guys, this is silly. Like, like, that's the Battlefield. Oh, Cops and robbers. robbers. But it's, yeah, like, it's choreographed to the point of being like, it's not just yeah. like, it's just silly. Oh, can we talk like, about how, they all are, though, how like, good the... But that was dumb. It was I like, played the beta <laughs> of that, so I... That, so that trailer really fucking sold me, and I thought, that's that looks amazing. That looks like it's a really good point-to-point game where the cops and the robbers are both moving towards objectives at the same time. Yeah. But I played the beta, and that's not how it works. <laughs> that's actually not how it works. So it's there's like, what, there's, a misleading trailer. There's mean? one open map that the... That the, that the Burglars, the, the bad, burglars, the, the bad team. men can can move towards the enemy vault at any time, individually or with a team if they like. Uh, grab money and go back to their own, like their own the vault. Flag, it's basically capture the flag. We're just pulling money out of a thing and going and running back to the to the capture point. I would always talk about this, but you know what? It actually has really good bank robberies. Is Kane and Lynch too? Yes, astonishing, uh, very good multiplayer. Just let it go. Okay. <laughs> I did have a good a new three point I did want to make was um, how awesome is this convention of multiplayer trailers with hilariously sanitized dialogue between the yeah players? oh my god the rainbow sex trailer where they were so polite to each other Sally so, enter the room oh via the window oh my yes. god I'm going to breach up here are you guys ready Sally we've don't... been ready for you for a while don't <laughs> I'm sorry don't worry about it no yeah. really I apologize honestly we're all friends here I'm good. breaching <laughs> Yes, I'm going to Multicultural <laughs> friends. <laughs> what the fuck? I'm, I'm going to have a lot of fun with that, I think. Oh, uh, yeah, really, no. Oh, the, I think the, Ubisoft do a really good line in, like, uncannily good acting <laughs> for like voice chat but just does not quite meld with the reality of what voice chat is like oh my god have like. they ever played an online game in their whole <laughs> life like uh, uh, Assassin's Creed like I was saying this to you earlier Quinns the Assassin's Creed game where uh, they showed a they showed a, a four player game I don't know if they showed it during the conference or like in a trailer afterwards but it was a four it was where four players joined or three other players joined and they were all had the same target it was the Maquis or something and they were all going after him, but they were like shooting some guards to get the, the the civilians of the revolution to 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 storm the gates of the palace. Which I think, by the way, is a cool feature yeah, of Assassin's Creed. Uh, yeah. Right, cool. If you, it, if it isn't like incredibly scripted and and and, and sure? very 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 questionable at this stage, but there is a bit where all four of the players. Uh, storm this party basically of like aristocrats and they all slice up these guards and they all get in there and they, they get into fights and stuff and the mar- marquee is running away and he's trying doors and they all kind of gang up on the marquee and they kind of all saunter towards him very slowly very menacingly and it's a very cinematic like ending where all four players who are all playing together online on the internet just like you just like your friends all rounding <laughs> yeah. on this one guy and you're just thinking I was just sitting there thinking no that's not how online games work yeah, online games work somebody 
somebody is going to jump down there and go for the marquee straight away yeah. and just end it and give, give us a cutscene and I'm going to think, what the hell was I doing? That In their defence, and I don't really believe this, but when I play Dark Souls 2, my online experience is walking towards the people I invade as slowly as possible. And I think I've mentioned that on Dark Souls before. But yeah, Dark Souls is very different. It absolutely very is. The thing, yeah, you're right, because that's the problem is it, it gives you these experiences where you, you're aware of what everyone else is doing when actually the reality is often like you're just in a room and suddenly a cutscene triggers because somebody knows what they're doing has run to the is already point. like way yeah. ahead of you and then and then it's like over and you're like what happened yeah, I mean, it what may are be, the chances that they didn't that didn't kill the marquee first yeah it may be right. that they've that they've gamed it some way and that they've given like the other three say invaders or something of somebody's world another objective which is to clear the room or something yeah. like that maybe they've done something well, just, I don't that know. would it's be not, it's not like but I don't know if I don't know not, if they've done that or not. And it's, it's not like, like again speculation. It's not like Ubisoft to lie in E3. Uh, <laughs> Can we also talk about how, whether or not we're excited? But as long as we're on Ubi, Ubi on the Ubi train to Ubi Town. Uh, <laughs> Ubi Town is a great place to be. Uh, the the Rainbow Six House, which right. is fucking awesome. Right. Do we do we like that? Do yes, we, do yes, we do. The we amount do. of trailers. I was talking to Brendan about this earlier. The amount of trailers in E3. Oh, do you not? See? I'm not, I'm not Rainbow Six, not Patriots, because uh, that was a game uh, that was cancelled. Uh, Rainbow yeah, Six, it's, uh, it's, it's more, it's yet more it four called? on four multiplayer, which showed four terrorists in a house trying to protect a hostage, and four terrorists storming it in a Rainbow Six. In the most perfect scene, ever game ever to have happened. Yes, but what I'm, I'm just curious because a, I didn't know what other people's feelings were because I watched it, but I'm also thinking, I don't have the friend network that all these game companies seem to be assuming I have. All of them yeah. seem to be assuming I have three friends who play video yeah, games. Three friends, full stop. At the same... And I don't. Not after right. I no, did you're right. things. And I feel, I feel the same way in the fact that it's this it's this weird thing at the moment with uh, there's a, a massive obsession with four-player co-op and everything uh, uh, on the main console. And obviously yeah. four-player co-op in, like, say, Borderlands is amazing, but... The amount, I, I'm seeing how many games involve the, it and it's like I'm going to have to make friends no, I think, dedicated console friends and we play yes I mean, the, I guess the thing wanna... that games developers need to be doing is to make games where you can have four way co-op because people enjoy doing but making it mutually beneficial for everyone to cooperate yeah I think, I think that it's more the problem for me is the fact that it's like it, it's always been in the past that video games video games have always been aimed tonally at 15 16 year olds like that's just the way that video games yeah. have always been but now it's like it's becoming a, like, a logistical requirement because <laughs> <laughs> it's like to get the most out of these games you have to be in that period in your life in the same way that I never got into Halo 2 my brother got into Halo 2 because he was 15 and he had friends and they were all playing on Xbox Live I was past that I was like 19 my friends were all going off and doing stuff like I was 18, 19 it was all moving on and yeah it's basically like I worry now that I can't do that like I don't, as you say, I don't. And there's also, it's not just having friends. I have lots of friends who like games, but lots of friends who like games who will have that game. It took a lot of effort for me to play Monster Hunter, and it took a lot of effort for you and me to get into Dota, but we're willing to make that effort, I think, when the game is right. The problem is. I can't do it for every game. There were 15 games in E3, and they all look pretty good, and, and I'll need yeah. four friends to play all of them. But it, I guess it'll come out in the wash, because if a game is really strong, my Twitter sort of connections and my online infrastructure means that I'll have friends who say, oh, this is the one of those 18 over-the-shoulder shooting games for four players that you That's should be really playing. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, I don't know. I just feel like it's nice if you're going to have it as an addition that, that is fun, but often if they're made around that, I worry because... I'm not always going to want to play games like that. I find it quite immersive. Like the problem is, like it's nice when you can play with friends who are going to appreciate the fact that they don't want to ruin your experience. But most of the time, when you're just playing with random people online, which is what you have to do if you're just playing, like either somebody just pops into a room and starts throwing slurs at you and swearing randomly, mm. or they, or it's just somebody who more politely gets irritated. You don't know what you're doing, or worse. Well, I don't. I just, I, I just don't like playing multiplayer games. I'm not a fan of. I know. Multiplayer I love games. multiplayer games, but I go into multiplayer games. I think games that's, to play that's, them, that's an you know? audience that still exists. I'm. I, really, I just don't like. You know, playing honestly, I'm looking games. at this this generation of consoles, and I'm thinking when I buy a PS4, I'm honestly going to make better friends with people who own PS4s so that reliably we can go online and play games together because I think that seems to be where this still, generation I is I still haven't seen a game that's going to make me buy a Not PS4. Rainbow Six House scripted. Uh, not Rainbow Six friends. Siege. Siege! Good work. Um, cool. No, no, I don't, I don't. Well, 
Nah. Beyond my no man's sky. Team. No man's sky. If it, if it well, yeah, I'm worried. But if it looks as good as I hope I want it to be, then I might. I don't know. I might splash out, and even then, you know, it's more the fact that I feel like um, a lot of these games they they can program the four players, but I think that they they can't program for the fact that some people are going to know what they're doing. And I, I still remember the, the weirdest thing when I kind of felt like I got towards the end of the first crack, the original crackdown uh, on the Xbox, and I was like, ah, I'm almost at the end. I thought, Sonic, you know what? I'm going to open it up to co-op, random co-op, let people into my game. And maybe they'll just go around like helping me sweep up some of the missions. Or maybe they'll just like do stuff that will help me complete the game. Yeah. And then I went to the toilet, right? Like at one point, I had some guy just, he was in my game. Didn't know where he was. Just hadn't seen him. Guy joined my game. Don't know where he was. He was just off doing something. I was like, fuck it, whatever. Went to the toilet. Came back from the toilet and the credits were rolling. <laughs> <laughs> I literally like... He'd finished the game he, for you. He'd finished the game. like, And it was so annoying. Because it, it meant that I then had to like go and watch the... Ending of the game on YouTube. Because <laughs> I wasn't in the room. I don't think that we've fully figured out how people should play games now. Nothing is more evidence for that than Assassin's Creed multiplayer. The the online deathmatchy multiplayer. Oh, uh, you mean well, no, like the old good, brotherhood right? stuff? Yeah, or, the, well, no, the, brother, the, the player versus player. Uh, online competitive stuff. It's a really good evolution. Oh, I, quite of liked, how, yeah. like, I quite liked how they began that. No, it's really strong, but it's let down by players. It's not. It doesn't. Yeah, people yeah. It is let down. Just... It is let down whenever everybody in the match just runs and goes for the next person. Yeah, like, which is it, like... when everybody breaks the game, it becomes broken. But if you even if you even get like half the people who are playing it correctly and hiding and do and following like the you know the rules. I think that's the uh, problem so is speak. most multiplayer games are spoiled by people. <laughs> yeah. I know you're so right. This is again what I'm issue. talking about. Give me a. I'm, I'm going to make that harem of PS4 friends and we're all going to play I think games what, what makes me sad about it is it feels like now. But I'm like that. I'm like, if, if you can't see. Quinns, if you can't see me, if you can't see my face and my voice. I'm going to be an arsehole and I'm going to fuck up everything that you try well, to do. This is why I ended up starting a board game site. <laughs> I, I do get that. And uh, the, the anonymity of the internet just affords me the ability to be an absolute arsehole. But I wonder if the multiplayer thing is a marketing decision. The fact that like, I think that lots of people have realised that now the, the big money with the games and the consoles is about these little networks of friends. It's no longer just about appealing to 15-year-olds. The reason that Call of Duty is so big and the reason that Call of Duty and Xbox is so linked, like it's almost like attached to the spine of a thing, is the fact that they know that, that it's not just about people buying it to play it, they're buying it to play it online with their friends. Yeah. And it's like... But I just feel it's weird because now it's like this. They've almost given up with the whole competitive mode that you can also play. Like it used to be like you get a single player game. It's like even like mode. with their friends. Because I don't think that was... Because multiplayer gaming came about on the PC in like the mid '90s, where like you can go on Quake and you can play Quake online and you can fight. That was never with friends. That was just the idea of shooting another person yeah, in the head. You, like a- you will appreciate. I mean, you'll admit that playing a game with your friends is always better. It's why uh, you know games publishers, if they're doing a multiplayer event, will always sit the journalists in the same room in a LAN party because it's incredible. And I think with just a small amount of ad- extra admin in our lives to do with playing games online at the same time with a dedicated group of friends, you could improve the experience. And if that's where they used to be into it, like, I remember when uh, I think it was Modern Warfare 2, there was like a point where I was working in an office. There weren't that many guys there. It was about eight guys. And like, I remember it was like about seven out of eight of us had Modern Warfare 2 and an Xbox. And it'd be this thing that we'd say in the, in the office, we'd say, oh, I'm going play some Call of Duty tonight. And then we'd, we wouldn't always necessarily all be playing together, but it was the fact we were all on, you'd invite someone in and... And I remember there was one guy in the office who didn't have an Xbox. We all just seemed really bummed out. And that's how they get you. Like, it's about, yeah. like, it's I don't like, know, but I, th- I, th- I don't think the average, the average person has all these friends who play the game on the same not, platform that he no, has. I no, think, I think, honestly, with, with, like, teenagers now, that's what it's absolutely about. And I, I would not be surprised if there are kids Fuck getting... teenagers. I have no interest in what they want. <laughs> <laughs> well, me neither. But if you're a teenager, fuck you. That's, that's the no, come on, no, come sit, on, come on, sit stand still, up. stand up, sit still stand for five up. years, and come back to me when you're a non-teenager. Honestly, you are worth nothing. 
That's very mean. That's but, um, If teenagers play Splatoon, I'm into it. I'll play. I'll play Splatoon. I'll play Splatoon with teenagers. That's the creepiest. Do you want to play Splatoon with teenagers? How good is it going to be if I've got my Wii U and I've got my Splatoon? I go online and I'm like, yeah. I join a team and I'm like, one voice comes, "Hey guys, how's it going?" Oh, Misty, you're rather old to be playing with us. And I'll just leave the server. <laughs> you know that's going to be that's going yeah. to be the McCarthy trials of the of the 2020s. It's going to be hot. Have you? Are you? Did not you or did you have you ever Splatoon? been a player of Splatoon <laughs> with teenagers? You creep. It's the the Quentin Splatoon mm. pyramid scandal. I'm, I'm sorry to teenagers. I'm, I'm so. Oh, sorry. you've calmed down now. Yeah, I've calmed down. Right. I got angry at teenagers. I'm sorry. I used to be one. No. I'm angry at myself. Really, that's what's going on. It's okay. Aww. We've all been up here in the Daft Souls. We have all been up there, up there, and uh, yeah, that's it for this week's Daft Souls. No questions this week because you would have just asked us like questions about E3 and and we, and we answered all of them. Yeah. We answered all of them. We answered, them. We, we answered all of them without without you even knowing. And you probably would have just asked something. I mean, people would have asked things like, "Which is better, Xbox or Sony?" And it's like they're both fucking boring. Oh, Sony, so, Sony, it's Sony. It is, yeah, it's actually, obviously Sony, but it's still better. you know le- legit better. God, Microsoft is boring. I just, I'm never going to run Xbox or anything. I was also, so bored. Sony's got that 1080p. 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 Yeah. The Caribbean Seas. 60 <laughs> What an amazing rap. Right, that's it. Um, has anyone got anything they would like to plug with their leaf? Uh, like a hole in the wall? Regular features. Yeah, listen to regular features. Google regular features. It's the best podcast that there is. It is the best podcast. Also, we've uh, shut us down, obviously. We've got two members. Three Represent. members. Three members. <laughs> two, <laughs> you are also a member. I forget that I'm uh, an, a member of shut yeah. down. We've just and I've written. I look at my article. I wrote. You are also a member. Wrote a fantastic article for Shut Up Sit Down uh, recently. What was it? What was it about, Steve? Uh, it's Light about a, a real life urban zombie survival horror game called Two Point Eight Hours Later. It's very good. I enjoyed reading that. The longest plug in the world. Blah <laughs> <laughs> blah 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 blah. Fuck it. Um, thank you very much for listening. Thank you. And we'll hopefully see you next week. Bye. 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 Goodbye. <laughs>